Hello, everyone. Mm-hmm. How's it going? You are listening to the Canby Christian Church podcast. This is an on Sunday episode. That's the episode where some of the leaders of the church get together in a dank basement and talk about what happened on Sunday, even though it's a Monday. But we call it on Sunday. I'm Cody. I'm Aaron. I'm Rob. Nathan. Right on. I started with hello, everyone, because the notes say, what's up, everybody? Mm. And I was feeling rebellious against the notes. <laughs> That's what you say every week, normally. <laughs> it is. I do. We'll call I'm this... a creature of habit. I say the same thing at the start of every service, same thing at the end of every service. We'll call this episode off script. Off script. <laughs> Do we have normal names of episodes? No. Oh, okay, cool. On script. And that's the On thing. Sunday. Everything about it is off script today. Gotcha. <laughs> uh, Nathan, how you doing? You had a revelation <laughs> that you are not quite 5'6", but you lied. <laughs> <laughs> but you lied on your driver's license. That's what I learned oh, about you today. Sad. It's happened many, many years in the past. <laughs> you guys, confessions have been made, okay? It has been brought to the light. I was wondering why you wear your hair so tall. <laughs> <laughs> you can round up a little bit, you know, round up half an inch. Those platform shoes. Maybe, yeah, there Maybe you go. I grew in the last 12 years or whatever. You're still growing, right? No. <laughs> not in the ways you want. <laughs> you're 30 years old now. Dude. Oh, you're almost 30. Yeah, I've got a couple weeks left of my 20s. Dang, wow. That is so exciting. Decades. I don't know if I'd say exciting, but it's something. <laughs> well, Aaron's turning 40. 40 this year. I, li- I like all the milestones. I've never been sad about getting older. I always enjoy it. The only year that was hard for me was 25. 25? What? Random it, one. It was because everyone said, like, you're, <clears throat> like, physically you start going downhill after 25. Huh. And I'm like, I was sad about that. I didn't actually mm. find that to be like totally true. I think yeah. it was more like 30. Thanks. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I but appreciate I, that. But I was <laughs> I was sad by the the rumor that it was 25, but I feel like I've been going physically downhill since like 12. Middle school? <laughs> yeah, since middle school. <laughs> Nothing's improved. <laughs> yeah. Here, here's the question though. What what age will we appear in heaven? Oh <laughs> man. Your favorite because everyone says like, oh, you're going to be in your mid twenties. I, I think you'll be at your favorite. It's just the best like physical time of your life or something. Uh, Maybe you'll be at God's favorite year of your life. I know, which is what one years old. No, I mean like later, <laughs> like, like floating around. Literally, <laughs> I mean literally per person. Like God's like, dang, Rob was killing it at twenty seven. There we but go. Like Cody. He's going to be 12. He got there when he was <laughs> 68, you know? Yeah. Then right. It'll yeah. just be God's favorite age that you were at. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Anyways, Who knows? But I think I was asking Nathan how he was doing. Did you have a good week? <laughs> Dude, what even happened this week? It went by so fast. It did. I can't. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, I can't really. All I did in my free time was like read a book. So mm. nice. Good book. Oh, yeah. I'm almost done with it. Which one? The Gospel People book? <laughs> no, but I am almost done with that one, too. Mm. I'm talking about a fiction book that I've been talking about for a while. Mm. Um, it's called The Hero of Ages. Mm. It's a tr- final book in a trilogy, and it's I've read the last two books in like a month, pretty much. Sweet. Nice. Epic. Highly recommend. Oh, yeah. If you like <laughs> fantasy of any kind, this is a great series. Right on. Is, cool. is it recommended for all ages, or is it... Uh... Yeah, it's not really... I think the guy is a Mormon. 
Hmm. That's writing. Who it. wrote it? Yeah, it's kept some dark things. So you in know, it. you definitely know it's fiction. Then <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Dang, you're reading Mormon propaganda, Nathan. Well, you got to read some kind of propaganda in the yeah. world. <laughs> At least Mormons better than other things. <laughs> I, I was given uh, a book by Steve McClarity. It was a random policy. But okay. one of, <laughs> <laughs> it was one of Randy Alcorn's like fiction books. Nice. I'm forgetting cool. the name now, uh, but I definitely want to give that a try. He writes fiction? He does. Yeah, he does. Huh. He's like pretty well known for some of those like stories, fictional stories. So. Yeah. But you know, they're, you know, they'll be solid. You know, because he's a solid guy. Yeah. So, he's out, unlike he, Mormon. Randy Alcorn's out of Portland, right? Isn't he uh, local? He's Gresham. A local he's a, yeah. Gresham, he's a yeah. Good shepherd, I think. <laughs> That's he, awesome. Yes, he attends that church. Nice. Outside of that, though, Rob, how was your week? Uh, it was good. I, I went to, finally, I've been thinking about going here for a while, and people have been recommending it to me, but on Thursday night for our life group breakout night, I was going to host it at my place, but at one of the families that were going to come uh, got sick. And so then we changed plans and me and Mallory went out and did like a double date with Kevin and Heidi Hughes at the, uh, Filbert's Filbert's mm-hmm. farmhouse, man. It was uh, a bit spendy, but a lot of fun, a good place. Cool. Like ambiance. Very, yeah. very much. It right. was, um, nice. And the service was really good, but the food was really good too. But Mallory was like, it was good, but it wasn't that good. It wasn't that price good. So it's like, <laughs> totally. I feel but, like um, that about everything in Oregon. Dude, so. f- food is so expensive. Well, it's a, yeah, it I was talking about it cause I've, I grew up with a family of four kids mm-hmm. and my two kids all want to order off the adult menu now. And I'm like going out <coughs> to eat has gotten so <laughs> freaking expensive Yeah, now that it's four like adult meals. But I was, I was saying it to my dad the other day. I'm like, man, do you remember when we all started ordering off the adult menu, like going out to eat with six adult uh, meals is crazy. That's why we were at hometown buffet. And like, (laughs) if we went out to eat, it was like the, all you can eat $7, you know, thing. (laughs) Sizzlers. Is Sizzlers still a thing? I've never heard of that. Uh, Not, not up here. Not up here in California was a thing. Yeah. And uh, like the buffets, is hometown buffet, is that a national thing? I don't know. Never heard oh, of it. Oh, man. It's just like the all you can eat kind of places. Nice. Have you been, what do they have like that around here? Golden Corral is Golden one of those. Corral. Those are Izzy's. all over the states. Izzy's was the big one, like local, I think Oregon and Washington local, Izzy's. Izzy's. That's... Yeah. I hardly ever see Izzy's anymore. For sure, there's well, one in Vancouver. They're like a health nightmare, you know? It's like. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, Izzy's like, though, had, they had these like potato. Like they cut these potatoes flat and fried them like a Jojo, but it was like a big fat circle of a potato. Oh, interesting. Mm. That was like all you needed. Yeah, but those You places... just load up on that, go through the salad bar and dump ranch all over it. And it's like. <laughs> but you guys had a good time? Lunch of champions. <laughs> you don't want to talk about, uh, you know, smorgasbord dining? No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, had a, we had a really good time. Aaron does not like them. cheap food. I know. Like the like garbage, you can get a buttload of just like (laughs) garbage food. That is not anything. It grosses them out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There was five of us kids and yeah, we grew up very poor. We basically didn't eat like out very much except for like fast food Mm -hmm. or those places, which I think are still fast food. I don't think you'd have to say like Golden Corral and places like that are still kind of like fast food buffets, you know? Is there a step above 
Anyways, we had a good time. With the <laughs> yeah, yeah, Aaron is looking at me like, I don't know about you. I, did, like, I eat at the country club. So. <laughs> Actually, I, I do not. Eat. I do not eat there. You I do sometimes at, and you wear a hat and get chastised for it. That's true. That's why, that's why I don't eat there anymore. Because <clears throat> it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. How was your week? Fancy boy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Man. We're off script. <laughs> you called it. We're off script today. Uh, Speaking of fancy, I guess I did you. go to uh, a comedy show right. in Portland. So fancy. Which was both. Uh, it, it was a, a good reminder that the world is a dark place. There you um, go. <laughs> I mean, from beginning to end, only the middle was like, cool, really. Like we had good food in Portland and then we went to the show at the Moda. That was, a, you know, it was a good show. It was what we expected. It was just hard because the whole evening was wrapped in chaos. The traffic there was ridiculous. Huh. We waited for an hour to get our seats for happy hour at this restaurant, it was just like, what? Why? What was is the restaurant? You have to tell us now. Mat Matador. I mean, it was like sounds very fancy. Yeah, it was kind of mm -hmm. cool. You know, like a cool place to go for like happy hour. The portions were humongous. Like usually, happy hour portions are smaller, so we ordered a lot, and then it was like a, a salad the size of my t my computer came out. Like I'm like, I can't believe how huge this salad is. Yeah. This plate of nachos was massive. Anyway. Um, there was just, there yeah, was just, the there was so food. much traffic and we, this is my, my, uh, interpretation of the evening. There were, there were so many people showing up at the time, the starting time of the event, seven o'clock. And we knew so many people who were going to this thing, like Christian people, because the co uh, comedian was Nate Vargatsi and he's pretty much known for being like super clean and hmm. a lot of Christians <clears throat> listen to him because he's clean. And so, and hilarious and hilarious. And I, I, I guess I was just observing. I'm like, this, this is the kinds of people, the Christian people that would go to a show like this, like the same kinds of people who show up to church, like right at nine, <laughs> <laughs> right at nine o'clock. And go, they need to check their kids in. They need to do all this stuff. Like, but it's like service has already started. You know what I mean? And, and even when you do like, even if let's say churches that have a 12 o'clock service, right? 12 o'clock, they're even worse, right? They're, they're rolling in third song and then checking their kids in and, you know, and then they leave early. <laughs> I'm like, this is, this is the kinds of people right here. And you they're, could just see it like visually. You oh, could dude. Tell. Yeah. They're jam packing. <laughs> They've mm. packed every parking structure <laughs> and we're all there at seven o'clock in the chaos because this is whatever we, we showed up late because happy hour took forever and, and all of this stuff. Like we, we were hoping to get there an hour early. And we couldn't because of so much traffic. And I'm realizing, oh, it was because 16,000 people, half of them probably Christians in the area, are showing up right at the start time <laughs> Would and you clogging, say our, clogging our streets. Are you judging according to the flesh? I'm judging according to appearances. Because <laughs> it seems like that's what uh, Christ is telling but us I'm, not to but, do. But this is right judgment. <laughs> okay, right. This, this, is, is, this, is, the, this is a uh, objective fact. Okay. 
we can just that you assume look at it just <laughs> observe it that's what it is so anyway uh then we come then it's raining on us the entire time and then we come back to it was outside well i'm sorry from the walk. We, ha- we had to park 15 minutes away oh yeah 15 minute walk because it was we anyway it was pouring on us the whole way there the whole way back we park on fentanyl lane mm. and when we get back Easter West John, John, who who won uh, Volunteer of the Week last week, should maybe That's win right. it again because who volunteers he, he, all over the place. He, he like all he over the place. Everything. Rob <laughs> wants to take back something he said last week. <laughs> Are we doing this now? Wait, wait, he said, no, we're not. We're not doing it. Now. He didn't volunteer. John anyway. Galt, I am sorry. I was wrong. I was wrong. You serve elsewhere. You serve in kids. In kids. For a while. So yep. good job, John. And you you escorted Aaron to the big city. To the big city. What a guy. And then ended up getting his car broken into. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Got his window broke into, so there was glass everywhere, and it was just like, what a night. What a night. Like, this is the world we live in. It's just like, if you want a reminder that the world is broken, there mm. it is, right there. And, uh... So I I was I left that all out of my sermon illustration right in the beginning, <laughs> although that was in the back of my mind. Yeah. Friday night was like, man, you're just trying to do the right thing, and it's like nothing seems to be working right, and then your car gets broken <laughs> into, and you're like, yeah. geez, I mean, I just want to go to if sleep. I, if I could say there are much darker things in the world to deal with than going and having a nice meal and going to a comedy show. Oh, first world problems. <laughs> first world problems. First big time. world problems. My latte wasn't hot enough. <laughs> oh my God. So, they used soy milk instead of yeah. almond milk. I think yeah. it was wise to probably <laughs> leave that illustration out. Yeah. That was a wise choice. For but, sure. But a funny story. I mean, but for John, he only had one day of recovery from that before he was serving right in the kids ministry. <laughs> 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 Right back to serving. That's right. Because he is truly the volunteer of last week, <laughs> not of this week. Yeah. That's we, awesome. we had a, and we met up with one of your buddies, a missionary last night yeah, from Peru. Yeah, that was cool. I'm glad that worked out. They were going to come the week that like they everything the got iced over. And they, uh, they have family in Tacoma area. Um, when they come back to the United States, they come back every couple of years. Something like that. Yeah, I was joking. We were laughing about how they said because they're uh, they're in South America, so their kids' summer break is like the winter here because they're on the other mm. side. Oh yeah. yeah. And so they came up here to Oregon, and and their kids every time they visit, it's Oregon and Washington in the winter. And they're like, why do people live in this place? <laughs> it's the best <laughs> time of year to, to visit us. Yeah, they think they think that the United States is just the worst place you could possibly live with well, all they, the rain. They and... think the United States is called Captain America. <laughs> when are we going <laughs> to Captain America? They, That's so they amazing. Come, yeah. <laughs> and, they, and the parents haven't had the heart to tell them yet. <laughs> yeah, he's just they, letting it happen. They no. said it's like your kid says something cute, you know, and you just keep saying the cute thing with them. No, I don't. But they're like, they might go to <laughs> They might Nathan, go to Nathan has no yeah he they might go to college someday they probably should know the actual name of this yeah. country where's your school at it's I in, mean it's in Captain America I, I'll <laughs> gladly be known as Captain America that's a great yeah great yeah. name for a country. not an insult oh. <laughs> anyway yeah but it is I mean the winters of Oregon are dark and dreary mm. and. What a transition. There's a it's, lot of darkness in the world. It's a dark world, you know? But you know the what? The sun there is goes a light. down early. 
<laughs> the sun goes down early. It comes up late. Mm. I mean, it's been coming up earlier and staying out later yeah, recently. It's dark, so. Nathan. That's oh, the sorry. point. Oh, that's right. We're well, and when, the, but honestly, when the sun comes up, it's not just like, I don't always even see the sun, mm. but I start seeing the things that the sun is illuminating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. And, uh, and it, it makes me think about, <laughs> like, come on, come on. This passage we're in, John 8, 12 through 30. Uh, and our main idea for this week was in a world filled with darkness, Jesus is the only source of mm. true light. Mm-hmm. Jesus Amen. is the only source of true light. And that obviously comes from his teaching. This is Jesus as he says, I am the light of the world. Mm-hmm. Correct. Whoever uh, so follows that's me the will not walk in darkness. Yes, we'll absolutely. Um, and so really this does feel like a kind of a continuation of last week's sermon. I thought it was funny. I wasn't, I didn't even notice it until we were talking about it earlier, but it's funny that these people from last week's sermon who are like, wow, we've never heard anyone teach like this. And we, you know, like they, uh, anyone that seems even a little bit sympathetic to Jesus the Pharisees ridicule, like, are you an idiot? Are you from some dumb, ignorant place? Like that guy's from right. this. And then we get to this one and they're like, dude, you don't even have any witnesses with you. <laughs> and it's like, there was people kind of saying that his teaching was amazing. And you called them all idiots and shamed them and told them to go away. And then they're like, where's it? Well, how come you don't even have a witness? You know, <laughs> it's just kind of a funny thing that they do. Um, but yeah, you could see a lot of parallels on either side of the teaching that Jesus is doing. But in the middle there, we are skipping a small section. I don't know. Do we want to talk about that? Unpack it a little bit before. You mean the woman caught in the act the of adultery? The woman caught yeah. in the act of adultery. 753 to 811. If you're looking at it in your Bible, <laughs> it probably has a bracket around it with a note that it's not in the earliest possible manuscripts. Um, do we just not like teaching on adultery here or <laughs> yeah. why did you choose to skip that here? Well, nobody enjoys it <laughs> <laughs> to answer that question on the surface, but no one enjoys adultery, but that wasn't the reason or we skipped it. Preaching about it. Oh. Nobody enjoys <laughs> preaching about it. I was like some, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> some, some people, people do sinners. <laughs> uh, no, it's a great story, which, which makes the decision even more difficult. Right. right? Um, because any, yeah, I mean, it's a wonderful story. Like the, the presentation of Jesus in the story is incredible. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we often read stories and put ourselves into the story and this is an easy one. Like, man, I, I, I know like I'm guilty, like I've screwed Mm -hmm. up and I'm, I'm caught, you know, red handed or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just that sort of situation and you wonder, like, what are people like? Society does this, right? They're ready to throw stones. They're ready to kick you out. They're ready to ostracize you. All of these things. But then your question of what kind of person is Jesus? How is mm-hmm. he going to treat me in my sin? And you would think, man, the holy God. I mean, if if the society kicks me out, God's going to just wipe me out, you know, for yeah. the wickedness that I've done. <clears throat> And then you, and then you see this, and Jesus is just to forgive this woman um, because of what he's ultimately going to do for her, right? And laying yeah. his life down for her. Yep. But yeah, so that makes the story is incredible, but which makes the decision difficult. However, we don't preach stories because they're 
great stories, mm-hmm. even if they are about Jesus, are they in the scriptures? Are they in the inspired word of God? That's mm-hmm. that's the question. And because this doesn't appear to exist in the earliest manuscripts, it appears that John didn't write it. And if it was inserted later on by somebody else because they thought it was a cool story, that doesn't now make it scripture. Mm-hmm. So, anywho, yeah. we decided to skip it. Yep. Yeah, and even in the context, like, it's not even a, even if you make the note about it and say it's a cool story and use it as an illustration, it's not even a good illustration for any of the things on either side of it. <laughs> like, it's not a helpful way to understand the what John is talking about on one side and the other side. Yeah. And it feels like it kind of <laughs> breaks it up. This There's all this dialogue occurring uh, during the festival of booths mm-hmm. and there's themes that are on both sides of that dialogue and that just kind of breaks up the the train of thought the flow as we're trying yeah. to look at John as a gospel as a whole and walk through it um so even even if you just used it as an illustration with a note that this might not be canonical it's not even really helpful for that in the place that right. it's placed in the gospel <laughs> yeah i mean there's a lot of reasons to not preach this and what you're just pointing out there is it's literary flow. Like it, it appears to be inserted. Like it doesn't, not only that, but the style of writing of the story doesn't even feel like the style of John. Like we all have different styles of communication, the way we speak, the way we write and things like that. The only thing that's remotely similar is when he says, uh, go and sin no more to her. He said that earlier to the guy that he healed by the pool um, of Bethsaida or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have this one line that that is similar. Okay, great. But like other than that, the story doesn't even sound like the way that John writes throughout the rest of the gospel. So there's a lot of reasons to doubt that John wrote the story. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to think that it is, though, a true story, like that it probably <laughs> yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, the fact that it even exists is is proof that it ended up coming in later on and added in says that it was probably like oral tradition like people remember Jesus doing this and was like man that was a cool story and for whatever reason John as he states at the end of the book Jesus did many things that were not included in this book these were written so that you may believe so this may be one of those stories that John knew about but decided to leave out because it didn't Advance. It didn't move forward mm-hmm. his argument in his in the book. Um, I'm sure there are other stories that he, you know, had to make that decision as well. It's the same thing that we do when we preach, right? Like I, I can, I can preach for four hours on a passage, but why? Like, what's what's the need? Um, I can include every illustration out there, every cross reference, but and I tried to get many of them this week, <laughs> as we'll get into. But yeah, John has to make a decision on what stories to include and which ones not, you know, to leave out. And they're all great stories. Anyway, this story probably historically happened. There's nothing theologically wrong with the story. There's some oddity with the, like, Jesus wrote in the sand and the, like nobody knows what he writes. It's like, what the heck does that mean, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's some vagueness there that doesn't, isn't helpful. Other than that, it's not like a bad story. Right. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Hopefully the hopefully the little blog post was helpful and that long 
quotation or whatever it was from D.A. Carson. Mm-hmm. That was in a commentary that we just copy and pasted, basically. But we because uh, <laughs> why make an, another argument? Yeah. Oh yeah, he when makes someone's it, already making. When someone's already making it, it well, yeah. he makes it so good. I, you know, one of the things that was interesting about what he pointed out was the difference between the Eastern Church and the Western Church in the early sort of medieval period was uh, the Eastern Church left this out, but the Western Church brought it in. The Re- Western Church eventually becoming Roman Roman Catholicism, and as we all know, Roman Catholicism had no problem adding in the the Apocrypha. Mm-hmm. Adding in um, the the doxology in the Lord's Prayer, and because the church, their view is the church is the one that endows Scripture with authority, not the other way around. Protestants mm-hmm. believe that it's the Scriptures that have the inerr- inherent authority that then is endowed to the church, and so our authority only goes so far as as Scripture goes. Um, but they're, if, if that's, if it's the case of what they believe, then why not add this story in? We love it. <laughs> yeah. It's a great story and, uh, we like what it teaches. So let's add it in there and call it scripture. And that that's what they believe. So anyway, that's, that's sort of the difference and where you can see sort of the break or the schism between the Eastern church and the Western church, the Western church's view on scripture in general was already beginning to deviate mm-hmm. from that perspective. So anyway. I think we're done on that. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Good story, though. Yeah, awesome. Um, so, for as we get to our passage, as we, like we said, it's already uh, we already stated it, but it's John eight twelve through thirty. You broke it up into two sections. Uh, Jesus is playing with this. Uh, uh, what's the word? Juxtaposition. Yes. <laughs> of Ooh, light, bifurcation of light verse. <laughs> Light versus no. dark, both and. juxtapositions versus twelve through know, twenty, yeah. and then uh, <laughs> yeah. he does the Contrast. same. Yeah, he contrasts also above and below, and so that's how you kind of broke up uh, mm. the two things that we'll discuss. Let's start with light versus dark, verses twelve through twenty, um, and uh, and I see kind of a more f- fun question in here: Are you afraid of the dark? Mm. Or have you ever been afraid of the dark, or do you have an example? I love the darkness. Have you ever walked through this? <laughs> We're in the basement of our church. And if you've ever like had the light off in the hallway, but just the light on at the end of the hallway and had to walk yeah. through this hallway, it's a little creepy. Not bro. Yeah. Even yeah. if you have not the light on, but the, oh, yeah, the red glow, dark. the red glow of the exit sign. I've done it a number of times, it, but it's always been kind of like, I'm going to do it. You know, like, <laughs> like I'm like, I'm going to like challenge myself. I'm going to walk think about it. I'm going to walk all the way through completely in the dark. Yeah. And I won't be able to see anything. It is kind of fun. As a grown adult man, I'm still like, <laughs> this is a little bit sketchy. Mm-hmm. Something could be in the dark that I don't see. Yeah. I mean, and imagine when we were younger, you know what I mean? Like my son cannot be in a dark room. He's nine. He will lose his mind. He sleeps with like, you know, pretty much a light on. It's like a nightlight, but it's very bright. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I don't know how you sleep like this. Totally. Yeah. But em- Emily, I don't know why she really loves this activity and she'll turn all the lights off and then like hide somewhere and jump out and scare me. <laughs> she thinks it's like the funniest thing ever. That's awesome. And so sometimes so like, too. sometimes she'll do it and I'll just like, I'll like run up the stairs or something. I'm like, I'm not going to wait here and get scared. <laughs> <laughs> but, or I'll try to get the lights back on and then she'll like crawl out from a corner and grab my foot or something. I'm like, what's, 
Yeah, but she's <laughs> you should order. She's one been of doing those. that for a while, and you need she has not stopped this. thinking it was funny. I demand <laughs> video evidence. Of well, the this. video would just be like darkness. And you yelling, which is and me going, oh, dang it! Night. Nah, we'll we'll get it. We'll get a trail cam that has a night vision. In night vision, be like, oh, she's here somewhere. <laughs> you need to get yes. one of those uh, Amazon Alexa things and then plug a lamp into it so that you can talk to it. Yeah, be like Alexa, turn the lights on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Cody has them all. I, yeah, I mean, I do use that, but that's probably the reason. Emily has uh, tricked you into needing those voice-activated lights because yeah. you can't survive in the dark. Well, now we have these spotlights coming off the church that shine oh, straight in true. my living room window, so that helps a little. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it is an interesting metaphor, though, like um, in life in general, because even in culture, we use this same mm-hmm. metaphor. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, when you talk about like politics or academics mm-hmm. or whatever – we use this same sort of language of like, Shed man, I, man I was, that. I was in the dark on that issue. Right. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, yeah. And you say these kinds of things and it's very, it, you understand immediately what they mean by mm-hmm. the picture. And a lot of that is just, that's the best way to describe the experience of being ignorant to something. And now I'm in, uh, I'm privy to something yeah, and ga- I've gained some information, some knowledge or yeah. whatever. So th- there's a lot of, and in one sense in the Christian faith, like it does impact your view of everything. It, it impacts your view of mm-hmm. science, of uh, politics, of whatever, like your, your eyes are really opened in a lot of different ways to see the world mm-hmm. from the perspective of the gospel and what God's doing in the world. Um, I mean, yeah. even I think of Joseph, how he spent time, the biblical character, Joseph. Uh, there are several. You mean, yeah, okay. One uh, of the 12 tribes, yeah. Joseph, the youngest son. Well, he was sold into slavery, right? Yeah. He's living in a prison. He's in literally in darkness. Um, and then, but at the end of his sort of life, when he's, you know, second in command in Egypt and and has all this power and authority and He's able to take what God revealed to him in this vision, and then at the end of all of the trials and tribulations he's been through, the light bulb came on in his mind, which was, Mm. oh, geez, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. All of the darkness that existed in my life that was caused by you, God was able to bring light out of it and bring salvation to you and to Mm. all of these people and and it is a good descriptor of like the light bulb came on, but it's only through the lens of in in his understanding uh, of the gospel in his time, right? Mm. That God brought about salvation um, through suffering and these kinds of things. That we we eventually can re- reason in those same ways. Paul did the same thing in Romans eight twenty eight. God causes all things to work together for good. So the cool thing about the metaphor too is. And you pointed out, Cody, the juxtaposition, light versus dark, above and below, which is the second point. Like these aren't these aren't dualistic ideas. One is greater than the other. Mm-hmm. And light is greater than dark. And above is greater than below. And the, it's not the yin and yang, right? They're not equal parts. And man, we just have to, the goal is balance. No, we don't want balance. <laughs> we don't want balance in the force, Star Wars. You know, we want... Light, light always overcomes. 
And I think yeah. that's kind of the point. And yet it, it feels very dualistic um, because one exists, you know, when the other is absent or whatever. But I think that's kind of the point that's being brought in this story as well is it's not dualism as is taught in many Eastern religions. This is clearly something that's better than the other. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. darkness isn't something it's the absence of light. It's the, the absence. absence of light, like good and evil. Mm -hmm. Right. Anyways, that's a whole rabbit trail, but yeah. that is a good, a good, it, it functions differently than other things. It's mm -hmm. not dualistic. I think that's a good point that you make, but yeah. I know that Nathan experienced the dark that was turned on or something. I heard or something. <laughs> I don't, I don't even turn the dark on. Well, with somebody left the dark on. Yeah. That's, I think what it was. <laughs> something like that. No, yeah. I mean, so I was just with the students and, um, I used the story about, I've been to the cave system where mammoth cave is a part of in Kentucky. It's probably one of the biggest in the world, I think. Wow. Um, huge. And you can just be walking down there for, a long time and inside so, the cave inside the caves yeah. i've never been to something like that that'd oh, be really? there's one there's there's some up here in washington right yeah the ape caves ape caves yeah i've heard that wow i need to go they're pretty cool yeah but it was like they had stories about like this is where a church would come and like do a sunday service because they were hiding out and blah 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 Whoa. so there's like some like during the civil war or something so there's crazy history in it there's these enormous caverns and different places but as we were walking in this place for like I don't know, almost an hour probably. We get to this one section where they're just like benches in this bigger open space. And they're like, hey, everybody, just just take a seat. Um, we're going to turn the lights off and you're going to see what real darkness is mm. or lack thereof seeing. <laughs> and so he, they just, because all the only light you have is like the wires that are coming in with those light bulbs connected to it. And so when they turn it off, like, you just hold your hand up like you know it's there because you can feel it's there, mm. but you can't see anything. You might feel the person touch you next to you, but you cannot mm. see them at all. Mm. And it's yeah. they just left it on or off. There you go. <laughs> oh, they, left the, wow. they left the dark. They did it again. <laughs> there it is. And so it just lingered for a while. So it's kind of crazy to just be in this and yeah. not be able to see. And then you just the like, you know, when you're in the dark long enough, you're like, Okay, what if something happens? And it's just what is he thinking? And there's no changing. And then finally, yeah. the light comes back on, and you're like, okay, mm -hmm. everything is okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a really uh, cool experience to where you can see like how much darkness does affect you, and not just like the spiritual sense, but the physical sense. Yeah. How much more of the spiritual sense? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, th I think you're right. Everyone understands that metaphor. And so, one of the points you made is that this is a self-evident like claim he's making yeah. a claim that should be self-evident the lights are on uh because the next part of this discussion is they're arguing about where's your evidence which cody was alluding to a moment ago yeah but, well i do i think that's funny the those people go and listen to him for a minute and they're like we're not arresting this dude we've never heard teaching this powerful mm. like they're like they can see something in him nicodemus yeah. admitted they could see something in him right you know like there's something evident that there's you know, going on. And so it's, yeah, but it is, yeah. Light is such a beautiful metaphor. And you kind of did a, a quick survey of, you know, starting in Genesis, the hitting some Exodus, yeah. hitting some Isaiah. Yeah. Revelation had the light in it, you know, but it, I think it is because it is so obvious. Like there's, cause light is more than just like, Oh, now I can see like, there's a lot more, 
mm. going on. You can see, but now you're guided now, especially the pillar of fire one is guiding them. Safety. But yeah, it's also safety because what's lurking in the dark? Is there an enemy in the darkness? Is there a wild mm-hmm. animal in the darkness? All of that you can see mm-hmm. because the light was there with them and even probably scared away wild animals. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's... Yep. Yeah, there's all of those different things. The the word of God being a, a lamp, you know, mm. to our feet, a light unto our path. And Oh, you didn't work that one in, Aaron? What? That cross-reference. Dude, I, I mean, I, I had, had it like there. I, I, had a, I had two, f- five pages of cross-references. <laughs> you could have preached four hours. And I only picked one page. <laughs> you could have preached four hours, but what would have been the point? If, if you yeah. Google how many verses talk about this light and dark, it's, oh, it's got to be it's, so yeah. many. It's insane. Thousands. Well, right. and, Overwhelming. Then, and then when you include words like radiant or things that... Shining or... Yeah, or yeah. even fire, because mm. fire is light and heat. You know, if like the pillar of fire mm-hmm. is a, a, basically an image of light that's guiding them. So mm. when you include some of the I mean, related words... Um, in that day, there was no light bulbs or electricity. Mm. Yeah, so fire really fire. was Torches. the light other yeah. than that in the sky. Oil, right. lamp oil, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. There, was, there was a lot of stuff. I, I think one of the things... As you were just talking there, Cody, about the self-evident nature of light and how that relates to Christ's claim here to be the light of the world was the thing that kind of surprised me the most when I was studying. I hadn't ever really thought about that before because that's one of the things that you tease out when you think of a metaphor in scripture is like, what is all the ways that this metaphor can be stretched? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I did this in the burning bush. Because in the burning bush, God says, I am that I am. And so Moses has to just observe. What does that mean? It means that God preserves his people, just like he's preserving this bush because it wasn't being consumed. Uh, God is a consuming fire because he's showing himself in this moment as a fire. God is pure, just like fire purifies things. Like so, you, the the picture is an illustration of a lot of things, and uh, like a picture says a thousand words, right? So you look at the metaphor and say, how and what what is being communicated to me in this metaphor about about God? So when you think about the light, um, it's truth. That's a way that another way that light is used in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, it. Uh, shows it's a symbol of purity. Um, so you, you can tease out these metaphors in all kinds of different ways. Um, but that one, like the, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Um, Mm. so he, I guess saves me or something like that is, is sort of the, the picture there, but the word guides me. So it's like, it's a light to my feet and a lamp to my path. It tell, it tells me the way. Um, so anyway, there's all kinds of ways that you can tease that out. So you restrained yourself even with your 12 cross reference. (laughs) That's probably too much. (laughs) But the self-evident nature was, uh, one I had never thought about before that. And I think the CS Lewis quote like captures Mm -hmm. it so good when he's talking about, I believe in Christianity, like I believe the sun's going to rise, not just because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. It It, it is like, it is a, a gaslighting narcissist to walk into a room that the lights are on <laughs> and then, and then come in and tell you 
hey, you should turn the lights on. And you're like, uh, the lights are on. And then they're like, no, 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 it's not. And they're just trying to make you feel insane. And and you're like, what, the, I, what do you mean? Like, it's obvious that the lights are on. Look at the light and I can see everything else. And that's all. That's almost what these guys were doing. But all of us would say, if we were talking in sort of a, a psychology way, a narcissist doesn't see the world straight. They have mm-hmm. a mental health issue. These people have a spiritual health issue. Mm-hmm. They they genuinely can't see that light. Yeah. And so we would look at someone who has narcissistic issues and they gaslight people. Um, they need help. Mm. And and we're not the first step is don't let them make you feel like you're insane. But then you, they these people need help in the same way these people need help. Yeah. To see they're in darkness. They actually cannot see. Yeah. This most basic obvious thing. And the only real answer to that is because they're fallen. They're mm. in sin. They're in yeah. darkness. They're, as we're going to see in a moment, like they're a slave to sin. This is something that Paul picks up later on. They're dead to sin. Um, and and then, of course, the image with the blind man that's coming up. Like everyone knows a blind man can't see light. And the issue is not because light's not there. It's because they're blind. Mm-hmm. Like there is a physical problem. And that physical problem needs resolution in the same way we have a spiritual problem. And we we literally can't see Christ on our own. Like we need Christ to come into our lives to open up the spiritual eyes of our heart so that right. we can see him and respond to him uh, by his grace mm-hmm. and by faith. So anyway, you can see kind yeah. of that's where this like whole story is going. But anyway, I didn't really see the self-evident nature. I hadn't thought about that before. And it kind of really blew my mind a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. You noted that the Pharisees here are kind of are referring to like the legal uh, precedent for how to like prove a test. Like to to give a testimony, you need a certain number of corroborators that Jesus doesn't have. So it's kind of interesting to think about. He says this thing. And they're not necessarily saying like this, this isn't true, but they're like, this is technically legally not true. You have not fulfilled what we require lawfully for you Mm -hmm. to say this is true. It's almost, yeah, like whether it's actually true or not seems kind of beside the point to them. Just like, well, you can't really, you can't really make us believe this because you don't have the legal requirement for that. So we don't care about you. (laughs) No, totally. And it's, yeah, so it's interesting to, to, as you noted, people do tend to really like their darkness or maybe even sometimes just be afraid of what they would have left if they got rid of their darkness. Like Mm. the the dark parts of their life have taken up so much space and so much energy. And, uh, and, uh, you know, what's the, uh, the like time lost fallacy, mm. <laughs> you know, where yeah. you're like, I can't stop now because I've put so, you know, you have a, a project that's not working, right? but you've put so much time into it that you feel like you have to finish it Yeah, because mm. all the time lost means you got, you know, and I wasted it. Some of that, like if I admit this is darkness or if I yeah. get rid of this darkness, then what have I been doing with my entire right. life? And what, what do I even have left in my life? Mm. Do my, um, to that point, my grandma who was, died a Jehovah's witness like not that long ago. Um, I remember talking to her years ago and was just asking her questions. And I, I I had been doing a lot of street witnessing at the time. So I had learned 
how to ask the right questions mm. to essentially lead someone into like like you get them to you ask them questions to eventually get them to question everything mm. of why they believe what they believe. Mm. And I remembered my grandma saying to me, Aaron, listen, I've been in this way too long. Like, like she just, she essentially said that, like, mm. I, I've been in this 60 years, like I'm not getting out of this now. And I, I was like there at that point, there is no proof. There is no reasoning. There mm -hmm. is, there is nothing you can say they're living in irrationality by choice. And, uh, but yeah, that's a real thing. I remember just being like, okay, grandma mm. <laughs> conversation over. Yeah. Like, and it wasn't a debate. Like it wasn't an apologetic argument. It was just like, I was just trying to have a conversation that she, I get, I mean, in many ways didn't want to have, but I, I'll never forget her saying that it was like, whoa, hmm. okay, we're done now. I'll never talk about this again. You know? Yeah. Like, cause she knew, like she knew. Any more would be hurtful, more yeah. than helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And yeah. anyway. <clears throat> yeah. And that's why, I, I mean, I think of these, these guys as they are. Like, what's the thing that would motivate you to, whether this teaching is really powerful, whether this guy really has what he says he has, and they've kind of, you know, at least like we said, Nicodemus acknowledged that they thought something was going on with him. Mm -hmm. What would lead them to go like, how do we find a technical legality that will allow us to ignore him? Yep. <laughs> and that's the stuff that, I mean, we all do it with parts of our lives. For sure. That we haven't yet let Christ sanctify. <laughs> but, yeah, totally. But uh, Yeah, and Jesus' yeah. ultimate um, diagnosis of the issue is that he is from above, they are from below. I'm not of this world, you are of this world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so- yeah, they needed to basically the door opened, their eyes opened to go into that reality to believe and and stuff. So it's 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 a dark but a true reality. Yeah, yeah. and that yeah. was your next section. If you're following along in your Bible, the verses 21 through 30, uh, we called that section above verse below, um, and that's where you kind of gave us some application points. Um, the first one being if we. Well, so maybe back up a yeah, second let's back up. because there was not just the statement, I am the light of the world. There was an invitation yeah. as well, which mm -hmm. is the important thing to look at too, Yeah, which obviously we're showing these guys didn't accept the invitation. Um, but what was the kind of the main thing you drew out of that invitation half of Jesus saying in that phrase? Well, I think... It uh, his, how, where he goes with the whole, like when the son of man is lifted up, then you'll know that I, I am, which I thought was interesting that the, he, it says, I am he, the, he is not like in the original Greek text. So he basically says, then you will know I am, yeah um, which this whole, I am thing is all throughout John. Um, yeah, it's good. The, I am is kind of funny. I can't remember exactly what the original words are. Ego a me. Uh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Ego a me. In the Greek. Yeah. Which that is going to be common language. Yeah. Like people are going to say that, but usually it would be ego a me something. Uh-huh. Right? Like I am the light. Uh-huh. That would be like a normal sentence. I am this person's dad. Right. That'd be a normal sentence, but to just say I am... And leave it hanging right. is not super normal. Right. And so that's where you can kind of start to see that Jesus is doing something 
or at least drawing your attention to something a little sure. more. Am mm-hmm. I understanding that oh, correctly? Yeah, making, yeah. He's making an absolute claim to be the deity, the, the covenant God that delivered his people um, in the Exodus. And so, yeah, it, I think that it was the question of how do we move out of this darkness and into light? Like, how does God bring someone out of darkness and into the light? And Jesus says it right there, that you will know I am he after I am lifted up. So yeah. the cross, and I, I went sort of like beyond that, basically the gospel story of Jesus's death, burial, resurrection, ascension is the key, is the message, is the work that God uses to bring people out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians, uh, the foolishness of the cross, uh, the message is is essentially what brings people salvation um, to to some those who are perishing. It's foolishness to those who are being saved. It's the power of God. So the the cross is the thing that God uses to bring people into the light. Um, anyway, I thought that was an interesting sort yeah. of thing, and we receive that through faith, uh, as he pointed out. Like unless you believe, you'll die in your sin. Yeah. Um, cause it's what Christ did, but then how do I receive the benefits of that? Yeah. Uh, how does his righteousness get credited into my spiritual bank account? It's through faith. And then the imputation of that mm-hmm. righteousness, uh, all of that is in that passage, which I thought was pretty cool, um, to bring that up. And obviously John is trying to lead his audience to faith. So he's <laughs> going to put that in and he doesn't want to give the cross away yet. So he's just going to call it <laughs> the son of man lifted up because <laughs> he's yeah. getting there, you know? Yep, yep, yep. And so even in Jesus' original, kind of, not original, but the statement that stands out the most from this dialogue, uh, he says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, Mm -hmm. but will have the light of life. One of your application points was that we should now walk in the light. (laughs) If we've come to Jesus and we're following him, walk in the light. Um, But that's really pretty vague. Yeah. <laughs> like, what does that look like? What are we talking about when we say walk in the light? Are we saying go to church every Sunday? Isn't there a, a DC talk song that goes like that? <laughs> I will walk in I wanna the light. I want to be in the light. As you are in the light. Shine light stars in the heaven. Don't hold back, Nathan. Let it let it out. Man. Nathan's got a good voice. Sing it, bro. <laughs> I hear you every Sunday. I hear it, too. Loud yeah. and proud. We gotta get, um, we're going to get him on the worship team. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you referenced John's epistle later, which he talks a lot about these same themes. Totally. And, and oh, yeah. Apl- like applies them to the church a little more clearly, I guess you could say, uh, where mm-hmm. he says, you know, we can't say like God is light. We got to walk in the light with him. Yeah. So what does that mean? I think, yeah, go to church. Sure. That's one. <laughs> that's one application. Sure. Well, there, there's <laughs> some practices, but yeah, in in. I, I was going to put this in my sermon, but it, it appears that the metaphor of light is a favorite of John. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's in the gospel, it's in his epistles, it's in Revelation. I mean, there is just light everywhere. And I'm curious if John had a, uh, like if he felt like when he was growing up and then he met Christ, like that he himself was in the dark. And then like came into the light and it was like maybe some, a metaphor that he resonated with. And I think that those who 
have maybe like a conversion experience, like can resonate with that. Like the blind man, once I was blind, now I see, Hmm. like I thought I knew, but now like, now I know for sure what the truth is. Um, And I think he uses that a lot. I think it's just a, a favorite metaphor of his. And so he carries that over into the, into the epistle. Um, I don't know. God, like, what do you, what do you want to say? The first John reference always led me to like that idea of walking in the light. I think there's a lot of ways you can think about it, but one of the ways that always struck me is, is living with integrity, like honesty. Um, I don't know, vulnerability or like truth, you know, like you're not living in such a way that like, you know, you're putting a false uh, idea of who you are in front of people, which was always the thing that I grew up with was this, this false idea of what being holy on Mm -hmm. a certain day and and living another way. So Mm -hmm. I was, I was like so allergic to any kind of hypocrisy I just wanted, no, I, I didn't want nothing to do with Christianity because the way that I experienced it was very hypocritical. And where I think John is saying in first John, he is talking about this idea of if we say we walk with him, but aren't doing the things that he tells us, then we're, we're walking in darkness. Like we're lying. We're, we're living a double life yeah, in sure. a lot of ways. So that's the I thing mean, that I think about. I think that's a part of the metaphor too, that we haven't even really mentioned yet. It's like light reveals, right? Yes. Nothing can be hidden if it's brought out into the light. Um, and that's the same thing. You made a similar point with the living water that this, it was not like a one-time event. Sure. Yeah. I came and got my drink. Now I am Christian. You know, like right. you continue to draw from that well. Yep. Walking in the light, I think, is similar. You mm. don't just come into the light and go, I believe in Jesus. Yay, cool. And then go back into the darkness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like walk in the light. That stuff that was been revealed, yeah. the things you've confessed, the things that have are no longer hidden, you don't go back to and start yeah. hiding it again. Yeah, but Nathan was about to say you're something. You're continually bringing those things to the light because it's not like they just stop. But I mean, in verse, True. spoilers for next week, verse 31 and 32, it says, just going on, continuing the argument, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is what it means in a general sense. Um Light and truth, John combines those a lot in his gospel. It's, as Rob said, exposing the darkness, being living a life, but also like being right, good, Mm, following Jesus, um, listening to his words. I mean, (laughs) and and in 1 John, the letter of 1 John is essentially a test of, am I really a Christian? Yep. And that the, the whole book is that. So if anyone times. listening is wondering what the pr- purpose of First John is, he's answering that question: Am I really a Christian? And how can you know? And yes, you can know. So yes, you can know. There is assurance that I am a Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lose this thing or whatever. But how do I know? What are the evidences, the fruits of it? And and one of the things he says is, man, you just got to like walk in. Christ, like you got to walk in the light because why God is light. So mm-hmm. you're, you're consistent. Like you were just talking about hypocrisy, Rob, it, it, it is the total hypocrisy to claim that, you know, God and yet nothing about his character is being reflected in your life. If yeah. he is light, which is basically a metaphor of truth, of consistency, um, of integrity, of good moral goodness and uprightness, all of these things if you say you have that and yet you're walking in the opposite of that, then you're a liar. And the mm-hmm. worst thing is you're lying to yourself hmm. uh, about your spiritual condition. 
And but then he gives, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then man, we got fellowship with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we can enjoy wonderful relationships in the in the body of Christ, and we can have the assurance that the blood of Christ has cleansed us from all sin. And anyway, that's a that's a great encouragement. Um, uh, I mean, he goes on to talk about sins, and if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and right. cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, which uh, is important because walking in the light doesn't mean being perfect correct. for your yes. whole life. It, it just means being honest with your sinfulness, repenting. Because mm-hmm. he says, like, I, little children, I'm writing to you that you may not sin. Yep. Yeah. But if we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, even Christ Jesus. Like, that's how he begins, I think, he says chapter. You, that's the next, say you the next no section. Sin, oh. Yeah, it, you're yeah a liar. exactly. <laughs> So it's anyways that there's a lot that could be said there, but I think, I think that's a good, that was a good application to bring in at the end for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he says like later on, um, I am writing, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother as in the darkness until now. Anyway, he, he goes on to talk about even that, like, the way you love one another and the way you treat each other is another evidence that you're actually in the light. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we need to walk in the light. Yeah. And a word he uses to describe that like tons is this word abide Mm. to continue to be in, to, you know, live, walk in the light. But that was the first one. Yeah. The second one is to share it. Don't just share the light. Yeah. You said we can become little light bulbs, little light bulbs, dude. This little light of mine. So uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, we're getting long. So we can maybe say briefly, what's, uh, what are some details? I want to sing more songs. Oh, sorry. You can sing more if you want to have a little, let them cook. What in the world? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but I mean, besides learning, all of the right questions that you can ask that will make everyone question everything about their lives. <laughs> when you're evangelizing. <laughs> the, the, the ones that you learned, <laughs> that you used on your grandma. <laughs> what else do we it's mean so by bad. that? Sharing the light. <laughs> um, you mean from the Matthew passage? Yeah. Or uh, yeah, or just in general, the application, you know, if you could have had more time to say what you wanted us to do when you said share the light, mm. what would you ex- expanded? Um, yeah, I, uh, I think, what is that passage again? I'm like blanking hard. Matthew, Matthew 5, 14, Let your 16. light so shine before men. I'm, right I, after I think, the attitudes. I think what he's saying is sort of twofold. Like when you become a Christian, it's a work Christ has done in you. Right. Um, you've entered into the light. He's like, but there's a, uh, there's a sort of an effect that has now happened is that you are now radiating mm-hmm. the light that I have just given to you. And no matter whether you're trying to or not, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to actively be shining the light. You could just be living your life in Christ. And I guess in one sense, I'll just use, use this idea passively. It's going to happen. Like you're not trying to do it. Like, but it's just, it's happening because Christ is in you mm-hmm. and shining through you. People recognize there's something different about you because of the way you respond to situations and these kinds of things. And when well, they find out you're a Christian, now they're like, oh, okay. Now there's an explanation. Mm-hmm. Unless you put a basket over it, which is what Jesus says not yeah. to do. Yeah. Don't do it. So there's a way in which you could, you could hide your light, right? right? And he's saying, don't do that. Let that light that's in you right. shine forth. Yeah. Yeah. You're a city on a hill. You can't, 
you can't hide that light. Like, no. Yeah. You need to shine it, uh, bring it to your neighbors, your family, your, you know, so don't hide that fact. Right. I mean, it just makes sense, right? Like yeah. when you get the light shown, you talked about in the service, the miraculous uh, or the marvelous light that we were brought into and you just yeah. know you've experienced it. It's why like, and other people can too. Mm-hmm. All you must do is share this light and mm-hmm. they can experience that, see the world for what it truly is, just as we've all been changed and see now. Yeah. I mean, he, and but there is an active, right? Because I, I was using this marvelous light phrase, but I didn't quote the text. Um, but in First Peter, uh, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies mm-hmm. of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. For into once you were, light, yeah. we running. There's more songs. Once you were out not a darkness, people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So it's this, you're proclaiming the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into mm. his marvelous light. But that's what Matthew is talking about when he's saying, so that they may glorify your father who is in heaven. They're not, they shouldn't look at Nathan and be like, Nathan in and of himself is amazing. They're going to mm. look at you and be like, what, what is different about you? Because you're only five foot six. <laughs> Maybe you, you're Maybe. from, <laughs> you're from Indiana. You can, that's five, debatable. Seven. Like there's nothing like, like, what is it? Like, there's something <laughs> else yeah. about it, you know? And what it's like, oh, it, it's, Christ, <laughs> it's Christ wow. in me that's what makes me Amen. fruitful. Yeah. And, uh, that, and that's great. Like, that is our boast mm-hmm. in the Lord. It's not us. It's Jesus. Christ in us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, hey, and, and here's the glorify part is you can have that same thing too. Exactly. Because guess what? There's nothing all that great about you either. You're just dust. <laughs> You're... Uh, you're just another human being that's fallen, but man, there could be something great about you too. And that's a wonderful invitation. Yeah. Um, something that we can relate to. So anyway, yeah. share, share the light uh, to others yeah. out of compassion because man, we were in the darkness too. Yeah. And we want everyone to have this light. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan right now, <laughs> you're just, you're letting everybody know. How awesome this is. Troy, you know I mean? Troy was wearing every San Francisco <laughs> memorabilia he had. Did you see him? Uh, he was head to toe, but that's kind of every Sunday. Yeah. My point <laughs> is, is like you, you want everybody to know what you love and what yeah. it's done for you in your life and these yeah. kinds of things. So yeah. Sometimes share it's just, the light. Sometimes you just, you lift your hands and you spin around <laughs> and you just say, see the light I've found, you know? And there you That's go. Right. Um, I mean, this is why we light candles and our candlelight <laughs> service. supposed to sing it, Cody. <laughs> yeah. And the way we do it, right, is like you got a couple of people and then they go and they light some candles and then those people light other people's candles. Yeah, I mean, that's the image we're, that's the we're image. giving them. Well, yeah, it exactly. Out. Mm. Um, and then your last one was take hope in the light, probably especially good advice. Uh, when at times it feels like the darkness is winning, totally, <laughs> which yeah. it does sometimes in our lives, mm. in our world, whatever. Sometimes you're just like, you get inundated with all of the bad things and you start, it starts to feel like there's probably more darkness here than light. And, uh, and that's the, when you go back <laughs> and you remind yourself that one, that's not true. <laughs> and two, that there's an ultimate hope that's coming. And that's where you took us all the way to the end of the Bible. Um, from all the way from Genesis all the way to the very end. The and, end of uh, time, really. The end of time. The end of time when yeah. there will be always light and never darkness. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
that's a crazy thing. Like, I don't even think we can comprehend no. a time in the future where there is darkness no will never, will not exist in any way. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm happy about it because <laughs> I live in the Northwest. We live in the Northwest. <laughs> I know. I'm so sick of the Hey, we darkness. got a few sunshine, a few rays of sunshine today. I was yeah. trying to, you know, stick my head in into the <laughs> ray of sunshine that was shining <laughs> through the window. <laughs> yes. I know. I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, for the people who John was writing to in Revelation that were experiencing intense persecution, um, cause darkness isn't just like ignorance, right? Which is kind of what we've been talking about. It's also just evil mm. and wickedness. Um, mm. and that's what they were experiencing in, in the persecution, uh, that John was sort of addressing the early persecuted church and the, the ultimate hope that we have is the victorious king coming to bring justice um but in the end knowing like that's going to be totally dealt with and done and Mm -hmm. we're going to be uh with him um forever and i anyway in the light Mm, yeah god is the light anyway it's great absolutely awesome uh let's move on to our next segment uh before that though i'm i'm realizing i said time lost fallacy it's the sunk cost fallacy Ooh, okay. i knew it wasn't right when i said it and it was bugging the crap out of me mm. but sunk cost fallacy is when you've put so much time or energy or money into something that you feel like you have to keep it and you have to keep going with it yeah um that doesn't really matter at all yeah <laughs> but it was bugging me that i sounded dumb <laughs> let's do this Volunteer of the week. Volunteer of the week this week is Molly Hurtado. Yes, Molly Hurtado, Molly Frittata, (laughs) however you want to say it. That's (laughs) you're teasing Ashley because she she messed up. It is Hurtado. Yes, it is Hurtado. Um, and, uh, Molly, we think if we were, uh, observing her correctly, we think she served in kids ministry and did all the coffee this week. She yes. Did, yeah. And we yep. were saying how amazing that is. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know how that people. worked. And did it all with Mike just standing around well, watching her. She yeah. Had to, she had to babysit Mike. So, you know, <laughs> that's a job in and of itself. Yeah. So she <laughs> had we kids don't wanna, ministry. We don't want to be mean to you, Mike. We she know had you kids ministry. Out. She had Mike ministry and she had... <laughs> Mike ministry. <laughs> and she had coffee ministry all in the same That's week. That's a lot. <laughs> no, Mike's cool. Definitely more than John did. <laughs> Just, oh my gosh. <laughs> we, need to re- we need to redeem this moment. Oh, uh, yeah. No, obviously, if you know the Hurtados at all, you love both they serve, Mike and Molly. They serve hard. They serve hard and they are, God has filled them <laughs> mm-hmm. with joy and love and hospitality and they love to to give it away to others. And mm-hmm. so if you see Molly, thank her for being the volunteer of the week. Thank her for keeping us caffeinated and for taking care of the kids <laughs> of the church um, and just everything that she is, the the wonderful family that they are mm-hmm. uh, that makes this uh, such a special church to be a part of is people like that. So when you see her, congratulate her on being volunteer of the week and uh, thank her for all she does mm-hmm. in serving the church. Mm-hmm. It's time for Bible Trivia right now. Today, for Bible Trivia, instead of trivia that comes out of the Bible, this is trivia about the Bible. Mm. Well, because we did talk a bit about textual criticism and certain texts being in or oh. out of the scriptures. Anyways, 
we're zooming out. So here, so trivia that's in normally do trivia in that's in the Bible that's coming out of it. Right. We're going to talk about things that were outside of the Bible that got put into it. No, no, no. no. Oh. This is <laughs> trivia. Like, like how, like how many books of the Bible are there? Or yeah, like, how many yeah. books of the Bible are okay, there? Okay, okay, sixty-six. Oh, you got to oh. give it to him. Give it to him. forty-seven. <laughs> give him a want, want. Uh, what translation popular with contemporary evangelicals was done under the auspices of the New York International Bible auspices? Society? I don't even know that word. I've New seen it. York International Bible Society and published in 1978. Can you define auspices? NIV. That would I be think my guess. NIV. What's auspices though? Define um, that. Under the control of. Mm, okay. Can you use it in a sentence? He <laughs> Under <just> the auspices <laughs> of the New York. <laughs> Language of origin. Uh, Anglo-Saxon. <laughs> uh, was it the NIV? It was the NIV. Wow. I thought, I thought that killing. was We're killing. What uh, famous Greek version of the Old Testament, usually designated by LXX, Septuagint, Septuagint. was supposed yeah. to have been completed? Blah, blah, blah. Latin Septuagint. Wow, you're already getting there. Okay. And that is the correct answer. The Septuagint. Um, what Bible, now in the British Museum, is the oldest complete Bible in existence? Ooh, the Gutenberg? Ooh. No, I think it's Wycliffe. Gen- is it? I don't know. Mm, okay, Wycliffe. Gutenberg, Gutenberg yes. Bible sounds Gutenberg right. Gutenberg sounds like something. I don't know why, but I'm thinking Geneva, but that could be totally wrong. I have no idea. Five. The Dead Sea Scrolls. It is the Codex Sinaiticus. Sinaiticus? I don't know how to say it. Oh, that's old. That's really like really nerdy trivia here. Love it. What is the alternate title of the American Bible Society's translation Today's English version. New American. <laughs> new, new American, American standard. standard. What is it? Is new that really American the New standard. American Standard Bible? No, no, wait, wait, it's wait, not the question ASB. again. What today's, was the question? Uh, Cody knows this because you said it earlier. Today's. What is it? Say it again. Uh, what is the alternate title of the American Bible Society's translation? Capital. Today's English version. You said it earlier. Is it the message? It's not the message. Oh, the, the amplified, amplified it's Bible. Not the amplified. The new living what translation. else did I say? It's not the new living translation. What did I say I earlier? No it is the good news. The good news. No, I said the way. What the heck is the good news? You've never heard the good news Bible. Oh, yeah. It's, I just don't know. It is. Dude, Anyways, we got womp, womp, womp. That was a bunch of one. trivia. We could, Give us one more. We had like three good ones in a row, and then we'd end on two losers. Losers. Three losers. Oh, man. Some of these are crazy. Uh, uh, we already asked that one. What famous church scholar made the much used Latin translation known as the Vulgate? Uh, who, who was the person who made it's bef- the King James? King James, the Latin no. Vulgate in the Catholic Church made it. Yeah, oh. it was. Oh my gosh, I it? used to know this name. It's Jerome. Oh, maybe let's see. that let's sounds see. about right. Jerome was the correct nice. answer. Oh. Give it a name. You win a million dollars, Nathan. You have no idea how that came That's out. That's crazy. Of my head. Yeah. That's what happens when you get a, an MDiv from that, Southern that's Seminary. All yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah. Gosh, Albert Moeller did you well. Gosh, our staff is smart now. <laughs> <laughs> our average height went down, but our average IQ went up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Canby Christian Church podcast. For more information about the church and its ministries, visit canbychristian.org.